You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. That song gets me amped up every time. What is up, people of the internet? This is your good friend Curtis Spears coming at you with another episode of Akata Shorts. Shorts presents the G1 during G1 Climax 32 tournament from New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it all out there on the line for you right now. I just got off of about a 12-hour overnight shift, so I'm tired as hell. I'm about 35% pure caffeine right now. I got chai tea latte running through my veins. And... It might be the tiredness talking. It might be the fact that my emotions get crazy after about 12 hours of work overnight with no sleep. But I am having one hell of a time watching this G1 Climax 32 night four. Let me break it down for you. Okay, here we go. The first match was Zack Sabre Jr. versus Aaron Hanare. Battle of the Walking Weapons. These dudes are both dangerous motherfuckers. Hanare going for these big home run shots, huge gut punches, like stomps, kicks, things like that. ZSJ, as normal, playing defense. But the the question here was, who was going to wear down first? Because every time Hinari would miss a shot, Zach would grab a limb and twist it the wrong way around like he normally does. But every time Hinari could break away from one of Zach's, uh, from one of Zach's submissions, he'd put punishment on Zach Sabre Jr. So, I mean, Zach is... Zach is really good at taking a punch, rolling with it, and sacrificing the body to get that submission move that he wants. But Hanare being one of the bigger dudes in this tournament, well, who's not in the monster block, it's it seems like Zach might have met his match. Uh, Hanare was using some power to break out of submissions, which is killer. That's something that Rafe said that he wanted to see from Hanare. And uh, at this point, Hanare is two for two. In this tournament, he's had two really good matches. One of the spots that I really want to call out is that Zach hit the PK, the penalty kick on Hanare. Hanare rolled right through, reset, and went for the rampage slam. Fucking monstrous. I popped the hell out of my chair. That was great. And like I said, it might be because I'm about 40% caffeine at this point. But man, I was living for it. The Ultima finisher, which is Hanare's full Nelson. It's already got me conditioned to get amped whenever it's locked in. He's ended so many different matches with it that we've seen on things like Strong and undercards for the tournament. So when he locked it in on Zach the first time, I'm eh, probably not going to do anything. But, and Zach escaped. The second time he locked it in, I bit. I thought he was totally ready to go. Unfortunately, that's when Zach was able to wiggle out one last time and locked Hanare in with some sort of ankle lock half crab 
I'm, I, I'm not sure how he did it. It was just something he grabbed. I don't know what kind of weird, crazy name he's going to come up with it for the, for this one. I'm sure it'll be some sort of crazy British reference that even though I live in England, I don't understand yet. Um, and that's cool. I'm down with it. So we'll just go ahead and just say, yeah, that one, very shorts. Great match. Please watch it if you can. Second match, Yoshihashi versus Shingo. I was not expecting a lot from Yoshihashi in this match. I I like Yoshihashi. I think he's great, but I basically kind of knew that Shingo was bound to win this one since he lost his opening bout. When you look at it, though, they really made you believe Yoshihashi was on fucking fire this match. He he came out swaggering, looking confident. It's weird to see Yoshihashi looking confident, but I loved it. Shingo began working on Yoshihashi's right arm, and that's taking away those heavy hands of his. I've been saying it for a few years now. Yoshihashi's the most underrated striker in the game in New Japan, and, and English comms finally called it out that he's one of the most underrated strikers in the entire company. Like Yoshihashi has some heavy hands. Uh, and he's been studying uh, Shingo tapes because he had a counter for everything that Shingo was trying to throw at him, which was really cool. Really great strong style going on here, taking a hit, rolling through, showing how much of a man you are and giving one back. It was a ton of fun. The, they have some great chemistry. I guess this was a first time matchup. I can't remember ever seeing it. I'll double check cage match when I can, but I believe this is a first time matchup ever. And Yoshihashi even pulled out the Kumogoroshi, which was badass. Oh my God. It was so much fun seeing, seeing him pull out one of his old finishers from way back in the day. I haven't seen him hit that in a long ass time. It really seemed like Shingo survived Yoshihashi rather than beat him. He drops out of a finishing predicament, rolls up Yoshihashi, and like I said, he survives. He doesn't win, he escapes. Uh, and it might have been my favorite match of the tournament so far. This one was strong style personified for me. It was really, really good. So uh, again, shorts, go ahead and watch it. You will not be disappointed. Third match of the night. Okada versus Toriano. We had a bit of a snag here at first. I gotta fully admit, I wasn't watching this match as, as much as I, as I should have from the beginning. I took my dog out to poop. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, when the pug's gotta poop, the pug's gotta poop. And uh, then I started trying to sell our podcast, the lovely Okada Shorts podcast, in the Super Jcast Discord because they were talking about Okada Shorts. So I figured it was, a, it was the time. It was kismet. It was fate. Call it luck, call it karma. We were destined to talk about the Okada Shorts podcast anywhere and everywhere we can. Thank you for listening. Once I finally settled in to actually watch, I just knew, I had it in, in the back of my head that Okada was going to beat Yano with the money clip. I said so in the Super Jcast Discord. I said that he's not even going to bother Rainmakering Toriano, which is funny because this was a, a different Toriano than we've seen in years past. This was, you know, Combs was pitching him as the great bash heel Yano, but he didn't bleach his hair. So I, I didn't believe him. It was a better match for Yano than the Jonah match, but that's not saying much. He does end up beating Yano with the money clip. And then all of a sudden Yano's demeanor flips from great bash heel Yano. Who's going to hit you with a chair and break your arm 
right back to Sublime Master Thief Yano. He's begging off. He's smiling, you know, trying to offer Okada his hand and things like that. And uh, it made me realize that Great Bash Hill Yano is Toriyano's Great Muda. Like, it's, it's his Kishin Liger. It's the thing that he breaks out whenever he needs to have a big moment. And it still didn't get the job done. He ended up in a money clip on his face, which actually made the money clip look a little bit cooler, a little bit more dominant. Um, the match wasn't bad. It was a Toriyano match that went over 10 minutes, which I think is, it's almost always bad for me right away. Whenever I see Toriyano and 10 minutes, I get itchy. I get real itchy. And maybe it's because I missed the first two or three minutes. Cause I was helping, helping my dog outside to go to the bathroom which usually is funner than most Toriano matches. But I really kind of felt like this match was better than it had any right to be. I mean, Yano, yeah, he's playing a different character, but it was, it was violent in a way. It was pretty cool. It was fine. I don't want to think about it too much because now it's making me think that maybe I didn't like this in this entire night. We're not, we're going to walk straight past it. Uh, Okada wins two more points. The final match, Tomohiro Ishii, Stone Pipple versus Jay White. Jay Jay White. I'm finding myself less and less excited about Ishii in the G1. Uh, he can still go, but he's currently in the middle of losing a step. And this may well be the last time we see him in the tournament anyway. So it's kind of hard to get amped for those matches. He is still very good. Ishii will never be bad. He's a good pro wrestler, but his body, you can see the toll that the years of his very hard hitting style is taking on him. And maybe that led to me being a little bit more concerned about him during Jay White's long control periods where Ishii was selling. He's selling in a way that I've never really seen him sell before. He was grabbing his, his ribs and screaming like he had, broken ribs and I was just very concerned. So, um, I guess he was making me bite, which is cool. Makes me feel good that maybe I, I did put aside my jaded demeanor and really be uh, believe there for a few minutes. So that's great. Jay was ready to get his win back. He's, he's never beaten G1 Ishii before, and he did it mostly clean. There was one spot where ghetto blasted Ishii with a chair um, which I guess he can swing a chair. We all remember that one chair shot. And now Jay is, he, he was dominating. Throwing Ishii in the barricade. Those beautiful suplexes. Jay was fucking gold today. Just absolute S tier shithead. It was so much fun to watch him just be Jay White and be that asshole that we all appreciate and love. If you don't love Jay White, you're wrong. And, Ishii, like, I mean, he was selling like he was dying. It was so wild to see him literally screaming in, in pain, selling these, these injuries that he had, these, uh, internal injuries. And maybe that's a way that they're going to kind of write him out of this G1. Oh, he's injured. He's not competing at this, at his highest rate, but I'm going to get to it in a second. As of right now, it's not looking good for Tomohiro Ishii at this point. So couple of notes from this match. You guys ever notice how Jay White's like crumple physics are wild. Like when he hits the ground, he like flops 
like he's a Tony Hawk's pro skater that like just missed a landing and like rolled. Just a small note that I had. I don't know what I like more with Jay, his array of six suplexes, sleeper suplexes, Sambo suplexes, things like that, or his defensive wrestling. Now, his defensive wrestling, you have to pay a lot more attention to. You cannot watch a Jay White match with your phone in your hand, okay? And I think that's where a lot of people don't pick up on Jay White right away. Like, they'll see him and they'll go, oh, this guy's matches are boring. Because most Western wrestling fans are only half-watching wrestling anyway. They're looking, they're looking surfing Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then they'll see a big spot come up. And they'll go, oh, okay, yeah, this is really cool. And then they'll go back to surfing Twitter. You have to watch a Jay White match. And it's not that hard to do because the dude's enrapturing. So his six suplexes are great because they're great spots in the match. His psychology, his defensive wrestling is top notch and is probably even better. The, the finishing stretch in this match was absolutely magical. These guys have proven that their finishers are so deadly that each moment is like deadly serious. Jay catches the blade runner on Ishii and gets the two points. Jay is going to run this block. I don't know. Are they really going to have Tomatonga beat him on the last night? I don't know that you can at this point. And it's so, it's so weird that Ishii is basically out of this tournament on night four. He's 0-2. He's only got four matches left. That, that's going to piss off Twitter. That's going to piss off Reddit. Jay ends the night by mocking the clap crowds, doing his whole promo in claps, or as Joel from the Super Jaycast put it, clapanese. He's doing his whole promo, talking in the language that Pandemic New Japan understands, and it's clapping. I fucking love you, Jay. That was so good. Him and Ghetto doing the entire promo together silently, but through interpretive claps. The Catalyst, sold out Madison Square Garden, breathe with a switchblade, still my era, but every every syllable is uh, with a clap. And he's got one of the young boys, I, th- I believe it was Oiwa, holding the microphone for him so he can clap throughout the auditorium. And... You could just tell that the Japanese crowd was pissed. I loved it. Oh my God, Jay, you beautiful human being. Thank you very much. Night four of the G1 tournament, of the G Wandering as well, was absolutely fantastic. Now, our G1 Pickums has not been updated for this yet. The show just ended recently and... um I think it's Mo updating the spreadsheet, and I don't believe she's had time to update it just yet. So I can't tell you who's in charge. I'll leave that to Rafe. It's probably not me. I'm going to let you know that right now. I voted with my heart instead of my head. But I can tell you that the next show is tomorrow. Uh, You'll hear the dulcet tones of Mr. Rafe Houston, Mr. Rafe Houston, coming at you through to talk to you about El Phantasmo versus uh, Huge Huge, Sonata versus Taichi, Jeff Cobb versus Bad Luck Filet, and an absolute banger between Hiroshi Tanahashi and Tetsuya Naito. I'm going to call it now. That one's going to be good. There's a hot take for you. Take that one to the bank. The next time I'll be back is for night six, which is on the 26th. The matches for that night will be the Great O'Con and Chase Owens, Kenta versus Evil. That one is bound to be 
an absolute fucking shit heel fest, and I love it. I, I'm ready for that one. Tom Lawler's making his uh, tournament debut against Lance Archer. That one should be good. And Finn Juice explodes. David Finley versus Juice Robinson to end the, the night. Juice getting his second main event in a row. Let's hope he's been working on his uh, conditioning because he got blowed up on night two. All right, everybody. Before we go, I want to do a couple of shout outs. First off, if you want to follow me, you can follow my social media at LDestructo83 on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me not only here on the Okada Shorts podcast, but also on the Smart Foundation Wrestling Podcast, where we talk about classic wrestling. You can also find me on the Throw and Dice podcast, which is all about tabletop RPGs, tabletop wargaming, and the like, and all the hobbies that go with it. You can find my bad friend Rafe Houston on the Faces and Feels uh, podcast, uh, where he interviews wrestlers from all over the globe. It's a fantastic show that kind of gives you a peek behind the curtain, and we absolutely love him for it. He does a great job. You can also find him on Instagram and Twitter at Faces Feels Cast. You can find this show on Instagram and Twitter at Okada Shorts. Somehow no one had ever parked that. I don't know why. We were able to get it first try. And you can also find our benefactors, the beautiful Countout Podcast Network. All the great shows on Countout are worth your time. Please give them a listen. They're all fantastic. Thank you so much. We love you. We hope to hear from you again. And um, I don't know how to sign these things off. So I'm just going to ramble my way on out the door. Probably go get another cup of coffee. And uh, then it's party time. I love you guys. Let's say hello to Owen from Riff Your Pod on Instagram and Bandcamp to uh, see us out the door with some fucking ripping tunes. And until next time, keep it right. Keep it tight. Keep it what? Short. Owen, take us out. This has been a Count Out Podcast.